<laughs> oh man, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fantasy football sackos. I, I, this isn't after dark. This is like, I, this is after season. If you live in living color, if you are listening on a listening platform, if there is one show that you need to at least peek at the YouTube, you have to go to YouTube. So there's two shows. One is our Halloween Yes. Uh, episode where I was Mark Davis, and I think this is the second one. Yes. Alex. Because I'm an idiot. So the Bears, it's week 17 football. Championships yeah. should be over. More than 20% of leagues should be done. Or more than 80% oh, of leagues should be done. 100% of leagues should be done. One hundred. But there's still about 20 to 25% of leagues that still have week 17 championships, which is <laughs> disgusting. You're idiots. Yeah, so we're not going to talk a whole lot about Week 17 fantasy football because it should be over anyways. Um, but in the NFL world, the Bears are playing for a playoff berth. That's right. The, unless the Green Bay Packers this weekend got absolutely Stupid manhandled. Packers. Got manhandled in the first matchup of the year. But Alex, Alex is it- recording this entire episode sitting slash standing in his driveway it is 20 degrees out we got six inches of snow tonight it's bear weather and you're outside because it's bear weather it's bear weather the the titans lost the game to the packers on sunday night before the game even started because they were mentally not prepared to play i as a bears fan am mentally prepared and ready to play for the Bears this Sunday, the only it's bear weather. It's not Packers weather. The only way the Bears can win is if they get in Rogers' head early and often. And it's starting right now. That's what's happening. I'm outside. It's cold. I'm recording a podcast. I'm an idiot. And it's bear weather. And we're going to destroy the Packers. This, we're probably not. Actually, we're, we're going to lose. Honestly, I mean, Mitch Trubisky's not that good. And so and this, stuff. but I don't. I don't care. I'm trying it. It might work. The spread is Packers minus five. And oh, yeah, I would take the Packers all day. Um, Also, (laughs) (laughs) why are you recording outside? Because if this works, if this works, I'm going to have to record outside until the Bears lose. And this could go all the way into February if the Bears get in the Super Bowl. So. If if the Bears keep winning, I will keep recording outside. Roll the intro. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast with your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Crow. <laughs> You're going to record outside for as long as the Bears win? Are you a madman? Maybe I don't. I'm not expecting him to play very long, and okay. uh, if, if I, I'm not expecting him to play past this weekend. But hey, if they keep winning, I'll keep recording. It's fine. Oh my god! Wow. Okay. All right. You know what? I do applaud it. Actually, I do applaud it. See, this is outrageous because there you go. Now I can see your face and your face holding. Yeah, I'm gonna do. Th- I'm gonna do this until I get too cold. I don't want to end up looking like Tom Coughlin did in like the 2011 game in Lambo, where he just like. What like he basically went red face on everyone um, and was like smearing Vaseline on his face and 
Um, so yeah, if I get too cold, uh, I might go back up, but for now I'm okay. This is absolutely <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah. so I was, I actually, we, I haven't even pitched this to you. Um, but I actually have my own little bit shtick. Oh, put together. Okay. Um, and see, I, I want to start doing something called eat the tweet. Like, are you like going to put it on a cake and eat it? No. So what I want to okay. do is I want to make a prop bet every week. And if I lose that prop bet, I will physically print out and eat the tweet. <laughs> I will literally. I mean, I'm just sitting outside. I mean, I have a ton of clothes on, but I'm not like freezing. That's just stupid. That's fine. You're going to so, eat paper? Yes. I'm going to eat the physical tweet. So my tweet, my tweet of week 16 was DK Metcalf will not have 100 receiving yards against the Rams. Okay. And uh, Metcalf finished with a whopping 59. Well, so, then you win. So what I happens win. then? Nothing? I don't have to eat the tweet. But if I'm wrong, I have to eat the tweet. Okay. I mean, this is, seems like a win-win for me, so I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, so my week 17, eat the tweet, has to be, uh, what, Bears-Packers related. It doesn't have to be. It should be. You, you're going to lose if it's anything Bears related. So, can we do... I mean, let's do an Allen Robinson over under for yards. Okay. So, last time they played, Allen Robinson finished with eight catches for 74 yards and two scores. Two junk time scores. Okay. Uh, I'd be willing to do Allen Robinson 90 yards. Eat the and tweet. And you're going to take the over? If he hits 90 or more, I will eat the tweet. I think he finishes with less than 90 yards. Okay. I mean, uh, uh, who is their, who's their safety? Yeah, well, Jair's been okay, but they have a good safety they too. They have Amos that, from the Bears, formerly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fine. I, he could. Mitch has been playing good or as good as Mitch can play. Um, the, the fact that this was like the first time the Bears offense has scored over 30 points four straight games for the first time in 55 years. We lost one um, of those games. Is just is just absurd, right? <laughs> like like the Packers have done that have done that probably like every season for the last like 15 years and the Bears haven't done it for 55 years. And so uh, like classic. Is my neighbor taking out the garbage or something? Um, so like, <laughs> so like, if I uh, man, Packer fans are so lucky. Yes, eat the tweet. No, I, all right, I, I have another reason reason to root for Allen Robinson this week. So I, my I eat the it. tweet prop of the week is a Rob will finish with less than ninety receiving yards. All right, okay. So it's been ten minutes, and we haven't even talked about what today's show is about, and this is. This is incredible. So what we're here for today is we are going to walk through our 2019 League of Record draft 
and basically you mean you mean 2020 excuse uh, that, me yeah not two years ago people We're probably don't want to lo- people probably don't want to hear about four months ago draft let alone 16 months ago draft but hey there we're gonna go. do it anyway so we're gonna we're gonna walk through our 2020 league of record draft and we are going to basically discuss who should have gone where versus where they actually went yeah i'm, I'm just here to make fun of myself and everybody else that got drafted way too early and then i feel like once you get past like round six it'll be like oh that was a pretty good pick oh that was okay too and there's still some clunkers in there too but yeah we're, we're just here to make fun of people honestly so obviously the 101 alex you had the pleasure of drafting first overall and you picked christian mccaffrey not really a whole lot to say there about cmc going at one he went one overall uh in you know the vast majority of leagues and <laughs> um, disappointing yeah. I mean on on average highest highest average uh score per week um but when you only play like 5 games all year um n- not a whole lot you can do. Same thing happened last year with Saquon Barkley going one. Um Yeah, average more than 27 points per game in half PPR scoring which was more uh which was about 5 points more than second place Dalvin Cook who is going to finish the season averaging more than 22 fantasy points per game. Yeah. Um which is incredible. But yeah, Christian McCaffrey, more than five points, more than the next guy led the league, obviously in uh, fantasy points per game last year, just this year couldn't stay healthy, which is unfortunate. Still, still is running back 50 after only playing in three games. He only played in three games, God. three games and he's running back 50 and he got hurt in two of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like he didn't even finish two of those two of the three games. So is he firmly your one on one next year? Because he is for me. Probably. Oh God! It started snowing again. That went down my neck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. He's probably one on one. I don't see how he can't be right. Yeah. Neither do I. Yeah. The, uh, the upside's too high. Second up was another injury and that was Saquon Barkley. So he wasn't even, he wasn't even that good when he was playing um, because of how bad the giants offense got off to that start with their schedule. Um, And we, we talked about before this season, just how rough that giant schedule was overall, but it's particularly to start very similar to Houston's as far as difficulty goes. Um, And by the time like, Saquon looked like he was up to speed and then he hurt his shoulder against the bears and then he hurt his leg against the bears like two plays later after he came in. Um, so just another, another disappointing, uh, disappointing running back to start the draft. The, the third pick um, was Alvin Kamara, which uh, I think shock, shocked a lot of people in our league um, taking him over Zeke or Dalvin. Even uh, a lot of people had Kamara, you know, going fifth um, as, as the five fifth running back. Um, and you know, Kamara was was clearly a great pick um, there. Uh, you know, him and Dalvin obviously were very similar, but obviously if you took Kamara and you kept him all year and you got to the title game, you pretty much won it, dropping the six touchdowns in the last week. Yeah, and then uh, pick number four was me. Now, a couple of disclaimers about this pick. Um, one, I had, f- <laughs> I had family in town. Uh, I was getting married the next day. So I had like 10 to 15 people at my house during the draft. I was drinking because I was celebrating the fact I was getting married the next day. And which like, okay, not to be super rude, but like I wasn't 
I swear to God, I would have never said I was available, but our wedding was super last minute because of COVID and rescheduling and all these things that happened. So like <laughs> the draft was planned well before we ever thought that we would get married that weekend. Um, so we spend months and months and months preparing. We have this podcast going and then I am like talking with people during and throughout this draft, hardly paying nearly enough attention. So it was terrible. We also drafted on Saturday. We, we after drafted, the season started. After the season started. Yeah. So after the first game. So the Chiefs had already played. They played Houston week one. And in the week one game, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs started this, uh, you know, rookie running back by the name of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who lit up Houston to the tune of 25 carries, 138 yards, and a score on the ground, 20 fantasy points. And so what I did was I saw 25 carries, I saw a touchdown, I saw the league's number one most potent offense, and a running back that had like 10 attempts inside the five yard line. And I said, sign me up for that all season and lock me in for 20 points in the first week. So I drafted him at four and I took him ahead of Dalvin. I took him ahead of Zeke. I reached, but I locked in 20 points because the game was already over and you could draft those players. So I I shouldn't have, it was bad, but I did. Uh, It was bad. But Hey, when we drafted, I, I get it. Um, just just to run through the, these next couple, I think they're all pretty much chalk, right? I mean, you're, you're looking at Zeke, then Dalvin. Michael Thomas went uh, at six. Um, obviously, he got hurt as well. Uh, Henry uh, came on like a bull at the end and obviously had a had a disappointing week 16. Where do you draft jo- Henry? Where is he at in your running backs for next year? Um, he's probably st- uh, from a running back perspective. What running backs would you, would you put ahead of Derrick Henry? Uh, McCaffrey, I'd put Dalvin. Um, is that the list? It could be. Um, that, that's just, my list. Yeah, just, just off the top of my head, I, you're not going to take Kamara, especially if Taysom Hill's the quarterback. Zeke. The, the, if Breeze like, comes back, I would probably take Kamara as as number two. Yeah, okay. And I, I would consider Barkley as well. I do think he's still... Yeah, still one of one of the best running backs in football, um, but just kind of a, a rough offense, and that hopefully will continue to improve under Danny Jones. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Henry went uh, was the seventh running back taken in the in the draft. I think he'll go slightly ahead of that next year, but I think people will forget because they always forget because he doesn't have any catches, and they talk themselves out of the 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 upside of a half PPR or, or a full PPR catch. Um, yeah. the, the, the guy that you're not going to take is Josh Jacobs who went um, next. Yeah. yeah. He, he was super disappointing. That offense just like, I, I know he, I think he still finishes like a top 10, top 10 running back, um, on, on the year, but there was nothing that like, um, you know, stood out. He never had like the, mo- the massive game. He, I think he had his most catches the first week. Um, just off the top of my head and that it's, he just wasn't as good as we were hoping he would be good old Josh Jacobs is currently running back nine with one game left to play. Absolutely lit the the world on fire in week one, um, had 34 fantasy points, three touchdowns against Carolina in Carolina, uh, four catches for 46 yards. 
which was the most catches he had all season. He only had one other game with four catches. The rest were all twos and threes. And yeah, then, just huge disappointment. <clears throat> just didn't get that. He didn't get the third down passing down work, especially in the second half of the season. I think that everybody was hoping for. And yeah, there was too much Devonte Booker. It was super disappointing. Yep. Um, oh, well, I guess. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think he's for sure in the second round next year, like late yeah. second, early third. Yeah, mid mid to late, probably, uh, depending on how many. I mean, I, based on the amount of injuries this year uh, at the running back position, like, and I, I traditionally, I hate, I hate picking early because you're stuck taking one of those top, top running backs. I really like taking, uh, trying to get a guaranteed wide receiver, which is probably Michael Thomas this year, which you probably would have lost. But if you, if you look at the wide receivers after that, like, you know, which is Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, um, that one-two punch right there, man, is so good. Um, yeah. They they were great. They they had pretty good floors all year, and they obviously had the explosive ceilings as well. The one guy that everybody's thinking about maybe uh, as a, a first-round pick, and some people have talked about taking him with a 101, or a top six pick that we haven't talked about left yet went at 12th over all in our league. And that is Travis Kelsey yeah. uh, far and away tight end one this season, <laughs> like 60 points more than Darren Waller, who's in second place. So, and Waller has been going off the last two <clears throat> weeks, right? So it's not like, it's not like it was really all that close um, bef- before the kind of the fantasy playoffs here. Um, I mean, Kelsey, honestly, with, and we've talked about it before, like he's the biggest single advantage. Um, and so do you, do you justify taking him in the top five? And I think you can next year. Uh, I'm looking forward to kind of trying to set up a flex rankings. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's what, you know, the next couple of weeks are for us is just trying to like, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the playoffs, but then trying to like, you know, maybe start setting up like a flex board for next year of, you know, really, really, who do we like um, in what position and try to start laying it out from a draft perspective too, because um, we're not going anywhere. We're just getting started. So, um, you know, Ke- Kelsey going, going top six, I, I think is reasonable, honestly. Um, the, the, so just a I don't really necessarily want to go through the whole draft because it, it can be boring. I I, I want to you know kind of call out some some crappy picks here of, of before where we move were, on though. I do want to yeah. point out Kelsey currently has 260 fantasy points, which is good enough for wide receiver three. Yeah, that's stupid. Darren Waller has 202 fantasy points. Where do you think that puts him on the wide receiver list? That's still pretty high, honestly. Um, it's probably wide receiver 12. Wide receiver 11. Just, yeah. just in front of Keenan Allen. Yeah. That's also crazy. very good. It's yes. also very good. That's extremely good. Um, do you draft Kittle or Waller first? Uh, it depends on the 49ers quarterback. It also depends on the Raiders quarterback. Okay, I know, I, I know that's kind of a cop out, but I think it does yeah. matter. If I, I don't know if Carr is still going to be in 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 Vegas, I don't. If Garoppolo is the quarterback, then I would probably lean Kittle. Um, but at, you know, all things considered, right now, obviously, I, I think you do take Waller, but subject to change. 
Yeah, maybe. I still think that Kittle has the higher ceiling. Um, yeah. I would probably still go Kittle over Waller. I would probably go Kittle second half of the second round. Even I don't yep. think his value really dropped off because in the few games that he did play, he absolutely showed the uh, the production there to yeah, set himself right. apart. He just right. can't stay healthy, which yep. is super unfortunate. Um, yep. Now... We, the next couple guys that are interesting here, as, as we get into round two, we had our first quarterbacks go in Mahomes and Lamar. Do you think that either one of them should go in the second round next year? Um, sure. I mean, really? Yeah, it just kind of depends on, on what on what you like to do. Like, I I understand taking a quarterback early. Um, I, I've never been opposed to it. Um, Kyler is Kyler Murray going to finish one overall? He's as, currently quarterback one. Yeah, so by a fraction of a point. Yeah. Um. So I I understand that he might get hyped up, but watching the Cardinals' offense is just it sucks. Their offense sucks. It's just all short passes. Hopkins should have I feel like got his explosiveness taken away. Um, Murray with, went with all the, the way in round seven. Okay. Um, no, I know. I know. So that, how's that for value? Aaron Rodgers is quarterback three right now in our draft. And this is criminal. Aaron Rodgers went in round 12, which is just absolutely insane to think about. That'll play. That'll, that'll, that'll work. So like I, I get waiting on quarterbacks. I, I waited too long on quarterbacks in our draft and ended up with Wentz and Daniel Jones. Uh, that clearly did not work. Um, I, uh, I lost be, because of that. There, there was four round, four quarterbacks taken uh, before I, I went back to back Wentz and Jones in round twelve and thirteen. Roethlisberger went, Stafford went, Allen went in round uh, twelve, and so did Rodgers. So you you can guess two two of the better teams in the league had uh, had Allen and Rodgers um, getting that taken late. that late. So like if if yeah. you hit them, if you hit it, it's worth waiting. But if you miss, like I did, then. That had to sucks. Been right in front of you, which obviously wasn't great. No, it didn't really work either. I was luckily able to during the season to pivot to Ryan Tannehill, who was a preseason top seven quarterback for me, who is currently uh, quarterback six. So yeah, that that we were spot on. Or Has running, more or, total touchdowns than Mahomes does the last two years, right, or something like that. Just crazy. Yeah. Um, Back back to round two. We we have a we have a couple busts here. So Joe Mixon went the second pick around two. Um I I consider Kenyon Drake a bust in the middle of round two. Um just just for where he was getting taken, it didn't really work. Um David Johnson went um <laughs> in round two, which is hilarious. Um for a team that ended up with the best regular season record. Okay, um, but the, the reason that he went in round two, though, is because, again, we drafted that Saturday after yeah, he, he had already played yeah. his first game. And in that first game against Kansas City, David Johnson had 11 rushing attempts for 77 yards and a score. He had 18 and a half fantasy points. So you're like, holy crap, this is the David Johnson of old. And you, if you draft him, you get to lock in those points. So that, I think, it definitely inflated his value. Yeah. Quite a bit. Yep. But um, I, I ended up getting Aaron Jones at the end of round two, which was great value. 
Uh, where I just obviously because I don't have access to my computer, Aaron Jones finished as like a top seven running back this year. Um, he, yeah, he, he only actually had, finishes running back five with 219 <laughs> fantasy points and half PPR. And I don't even feel like he had that good of a year. He wasn't on the field all that much, like from a snap percentage wise. And then all of a sudden you start seeing AJ Dillon come on like he did last week. Um, Aaron Jones is, is not going to be a Packer next year. Um, he's a guy that I'm really interested to see where he ends up going. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in Tampa Bay. Um, to, okay, but to, you know why it didn't feel like it though? He's running back five. Kamara is running back one. Kamara has 50% more fantasy points than Aaron Jones. 50% yeah. more. Like, yeah. Kamara is sitting on 340 and Jones is at 220. Wow. It's not, it's not even, the, it's not even comparable. Yeah. It's like, not even the same stratosphere. 2020 fantasy football came down to three difference makers at running back. And that's Kamara cook and Derek Henry who had 290 plus fantasy points. Then there's a steep drop off to two two twenty. You have uh, three guys grouped there with James Robinson, Aaron Jones and Montgomery um, who is like two fifteen, And then from there is another 20 point drop down to Jonathan Taylor, Kareem Hunt, and Josh Jacobs, and Zeke, and Chubb, and all those other guys. So, it's really, if you couldn't get one of those top three guys of Kamara, Cook, it or didn't Henry, matter. Yeah. it didn't matter, and all the super studs got hurt, so... Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I'll say this too, you know, Aaron Jones could have had, I don't know... 60 more fantasy points um, if yeah. you would have had a similar season to last year because Aaron Rodgers is throwing all those short touchdown passes to Devontae Adams and so like Devontae Adams has what 18 touch 17 touchdowns um, and so like that's one of those things where if they were to turn around and give Aaron Jones the goal line touches like they were last year instead of throwing shovel passes to the tight ends and I mean Robert freaking Tanyan has eight touchdowns or nine touchdowns this year so you know b- between those two if Jones would have gotten the carries at the goal line like watch out for AJ Dillon next year if 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 Jones is not there he he could be an absolute beast. And the other thing that really frustrated Jones managers was just honestly his usage. So week yeah. 16 championship week, he only played 38% of snaps, 38 yeah. AJ Dillon played close to 60% of snaps. And what amounted to really his first healthy week of the season where he actually knows the playbook, but the week before week 15, Aaron Jones was in on 90%. So you see a 50% swing in a week. Yeah. And what then, are you supposed to do? And then his, uh, that was his low of the season was that 38% in championship week. Other than that, he was still had several weeks in the fifties and even the high forties. So you have, you know, usage that left a lot to be desired because they loved putting in Jamal Williams all season. He actually became a semi valuable or semi playable flex play. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. And so if they're going to do that, then that really you know, it's going to hurt Aaron Jones's ceiling. Even if he does resign, there's no way that the Packers resign both Jones and Jamal. One of them's got to go. I think it's probably Jones because he's going to want too much money with Rosenhaus yep. uh, representing him, but it's going to be crazy to see where he lands. Assuming he's gone, assuming he's gone, Jamal Williams resigns and you have AJ Dilly bar. Who do you Dilly draft? Dilly. Who do you draft first in what round? Um, I think somebody right now, if you were to do a redraft, 
under those circumstances, I bet you somebody would take AJ Dillon in the third round. You think that's I I I think that's too late. I think he'll be gone in the second half of the second round. That's where, crazy. Where you had I mean Kenyon Drake it. went there. Kenyon Drake went there. Yeah, I get it. it. It just seems crazy. Um, but I get it. Or certainly the beginning of the third at the at the least. Some yeah. guys that went in the beginning of the third that I think will be there again at at least a good value is Chris Carson, first of all. Um oh boy. You don't what? <laughs> Do you not like that value? He was hurt for the for you know a lot of the season, but I actually I don't hate that value there. Yeah, um, off the if top of my healthy. head, obviously, I, I yeah, I don't know what contract situation looks like there. Um, you know, it it almost seemed like they were favoring Hyde at the end, uh, or you know, Hyde was just as productive as as Carson was. Um, and and at the same time, you still have Penny coming back off the injury where. You know, they, they did draft him higher than Carson. Um, he obviously has not played this year, uh, but I would not s- be surprised to see that be a complete split backfield. And plus, they, they were so pass heavy this year. Um, for the first half. For the first half. Uh, He's yeah. a UFA. But, Carson is a UFA next year. Yeah, so... Um, you know, that's another guy where I don't know Man. if he's, he's going to resign. Um, you know, so you could be looking at a penny... Um, if, if they don't resign Hyde and just draft a rookie, um, this will definitely be one backfield to pay attention to because whoever the guy there is going to have value. Um, I would not be surprised to see them just stick with Penny and, and draft a, a running back late that has more, you know, pass catching ability. Somebody else that's, uh, probably what equally as frustrating that was drafted virtually right next to him in our league was James Connor. At the beginning of the third, uh, had a great start to the season is also a UFA yep. next year. If he resigns, where would you draft him? He played 62% of snaps in week 16, 0% last week, and didn't play week 12 or 13, 40% week 14, 0% 15, and then 60% of snaps in week 16. You think that they're just trying to keep him fresh for the playoffs? Or is he just garbage? Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's probably uh, probably around five or six guy. Um, you know, yeah. because Snell was getting coal line carries on him, um, and that's only for resigns. There again, you know, that's somebody that you know I, I wouldn't be surprised to to see sign like a cheap deal to go to Seattle. Honestly, um, yeah. where he can where he can catch the ball, knows knows blocking, um, can run. You know. It, I would be surprised if any of these running backs resign, honestly, with with their current team. That includes Todd Gurley, that went in the beginning of the third round. He's he should retire. Clearly, clearly washed. He's I, I basically think he's done. already retired. If we're being yeah, honest, yeah, he's done. Yeah, I'd be surprised if anybody signs him. And then I, I another running back. Those you know, there's two more running backs that went in the third round that are so disappointing. Miles Sanders wasn't getting used at all with Carson Wentz. His usage went up a little bit with Hertz and and Melvin Gordon. Um, I mean, I guess he was a little bit under the radar in the points that he was putting up, but um, just again, a, a no thank you going forward. I, I don't know how you can confidently take take Gordon um, before the fourth round next year. Um, Sanders, I think, could have value with with uh, um, with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah. 
Sanders at or near 80% usage each of the last three weeks with Jalen Hurts was teetering between 50 and 60% usage the three weeks prior to that. So uh, you're seeing some increased usage there with Hurts. Um, a ton more snaps, really 50% more snaps is what he, what it amounted to. Um, the offense was on the field more. They ran more plays. They were just all around better with Hurts on the field. So... Yep. I think that Sanders could be a value. I think he was would be a fine first half of the third round pick. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he's if somebody reaches for him in the second half or like late second. Um, Potentially. Just, just because he was supposed to be so much better than he was. He also had what probably is one of the most disappointing picks go in the middle of the third in a lot of drafts, and that's Zach Ertz. Do you think he, where do you think he even goes? next year. I don't think, think I don't think he'll get drafted. If he does, it'll be like after round 11. Um there, there there's no point. I mean, Dallas Goddard won the 15th. Um, you know, with with both of them still there, assuming contract, which again, I don't recall off the top of my head. Ertz um, is under contract next season. Okay, so I I don't think either of them are going to go before round 9. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to pay him the his base salary in 21 is 8.2 million. And I don't, I don't be shocked if Philly pays that. So, man, you talk about cap hell between him and, and Wentz uh, going forward. Um, that's that's rough. Yeah, don't worry. The Bears could probably uh, afford to pay for somebody else. We uh, we love taking, you know, crappy cap situation quarterbacks a la Nick Foles. So come on down. Come on down. Um. Now, somebody else that went in this area, oh, the entire third, the entire third round just sucked in our yeah, league. We, it was is like, filled with a bunch of misses. Yeah. Um, but you did have in the third round, Mike Evans go, and then you had Chris Godwin go in the late second. Who do you think that you like that order still? Godwin over Evans. Oh, no, I, I much prefer Evans. I mean, again, Evans is going to he's. He obviously had a big week uh, against Detroit. Um, I believe if he has another one this week, he's on pace to be over a thousand yards again this year. And he's never been, I think he's been in the league seven years and he's been over a thousand yards every year. Um, so you can pretty much just pencil that in at this point. I mean, before the season, we we talked about him. Um, I believe he had the second or third most uh, no, Julio, Julio, I think had the most yards per game when he played, but Mike Evans was like third or fourth in yards per game that they play in, uh, in NFL history. Um, so where would you draft so, yeah. Antonio Brown in this mess with those three? I don't think he he'll be on, Yeah. He won't be on their team next year. No. Yeah. It's a variable at this point that I won't consider because I'll be shocked if he goes back there. Okay. Then you have a bunch of guys sort of at the turn that, I mean, Odell, Gross, JJ Smith-Schuster, or Juju Smith-Schuster. Can you believe that he's a top 20 receiver? I cannot believe. No, that's that shocking Juju to me. is currently wide receiver 18. Um, wow. But listen to these last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks, uh, dating all the way back to week 10 against Cincinnati. 18 points, four points, 14 points, six points, 14 points, one point, 20 points. <laughs> it's hard to win with that, you know, or it is like consistently win with that. But I feel like that was everybody this year that 
you know, there was just no consistency for, from no. anybody. Like everybody was, was really up and down and it just kind of depended on, on randomness. Again, this to me was just the weirdest year ever because no, nobody was consistent. Yeah. The injuries and the opt outs just really did a number on a lot of different guys. Um, and then Antonio Gibson is, I think, incredibly was incredibly drafted in round five. Um, I can't believe he went that early. Where would you draft Antonio Gibson next season? He is currently uh, running back 13. So that's like second, third round. Do you think he goes there? Um, yeah. He went yeah, the he'll, he'll go before five. that. He's dude. He's super talented, man. He he's, he's crazy. great. Yeah. Are, are, oh. are we gonna are we gonna we gonna skip the disaster that was round four overall too? <laughs> oh no, we we should not do that. Uh, DJ so, Moore, Galladay, yuck, Cup, yuck, Cooper. Cup, what about Calvin Cup Ridley? Okay. Who do you t- who would you rather have, Ridley or Julio next year? Uh, so. I mean, aren't you basically just going to flip these two? So Julio was drafted in the second, Ridley was drafted in the fourth. Aren't you going to see Ridley drafted in the second and Julio drafted in the fourth or maybe later next year? Like, like you're going to sit and look at your team and see that you have Julio Jones as a, th- as a fourth round pick and be like, holy crap, I have Julio Jones as my wide receiver one potentially from round four. Like, right? Julio Jones is wide receiver 45 has missed uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven ball games. Um, wide receiver 45 averaging 13 and a half fantasy points per game when he does play. Okay. Now that's probably that's top. Top 12, top 15 value as far as what that actually comes out to on a points per game basis. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. He's wide receiver fourteen on a points per game basis. So, so that's good. Ridley, however, is wide receiver four on a yeah. points per game basis. Yeah. So I I, th- I think you're gonna see those two flip draft positions, right? Where where Ridley's gonna go in the second and, and Jones will probably go in the fourth just preliminarily. Yeah, and then probably the crown jewel of round four is uh, DK Metcalf going around four. You got to think he's what second round pick somewhere yeah. by the turn. Yeah, I would think so. And it, the the funny thing to me is is so DK was was super consistent, um, and he you know obviously he had a couple of weeks where he disappeared. But if you look at the other side of the field, there like Tyler Lockett didn't do anything except for his one massive game against Arizona um, where what he had three touchdowns and like 16 catches and it was just stupid. And that, that was like the only like, so Metcalf obviously didn't do anything that game against Peterson. Um, but uh, you look at Lockett's numbers. He, he was borderline droppable by the end, right? Absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of it, at least in the second half of the season has to do with the shift in play calling. I mean, Russ Wilson only has one multi-touchdown game in the last five. Um, And, and Seattle's defense has on average been giving up the fewest amount of points in football, like each of the last six weeks, if you average it out. 
Russ hasn't thrown for 300 or more passing yards since week nine against Buffalo. Yeah, that's not great. Like, terrible, if we're being completely honest about what that is. I mean, it's just, it's awful. And now Sur- he does, he does rush. based on the way that they started, right? Yeah. Oh, he came out scalding hot. He was quarterback. He was right up there with Dak for quarterback one out of the gate. Um, and, you know, he had, what, four touchdowns the first game, five in the second, five in the third. Like, I was like, holy Ooh. crap. Where is this running offense? And then, sure enough, second half of the season, there it is. Um, yeah, so, right. Uh, that'll be something I'm looking forward to, to looking at a little closer. And, and you know, do... You know, it, you're looking at, oh, man, I can't believe... uh can't believe Russell was going as late as he was um, in drafts. And then, like, it kind of worked itself out where he was going appropriately late just based on how he fell off a cliff at the end. Yeah, and he, you know what, though? He did it the year before, too. He had the same cliff in the second half as they turned more to the run game. So I don't know if that's just a Pete Carroll philosophy thing as the season progresses. Like, air it out when it's warm, when it gets to crappy weather, ground and pound. Keep Yeah, he gets, he gets dinged up because he's a little smaller, potentially. Also possible. Um, now, we as we move into round five, there's a couple guys I think that are going to go a hell of a lot earlier. Yeah. David Montgomery is the first pick around five by you. Excellent pick. Um, you had a terrible pick right before it at the turn in DJ Chark. Uh, <laughs> he's got I thought DJ Chark was going to be like a easy you, mid wide receiver two with one upside. And uh, he ended up what? Like wide receiver 8,000. <laughs> God, what a disappointment. Oh, uh, Chark. Let's see. Wide receiver 41, baby. Yuck. Yeah, yucks, Awful. right? Um, I'm excited to see if they do draft Trevor Lawrence. What happens to Chark and LaVisca? I think both of those guys could be wide receiver twos or better. Um, Oof. Wow. I mean, wide receiver two upside for sure. With, yeah, yeah. I with the with quarterback that. throwing to them. Yeah, depending on a weekly basis. Um, But where do you think Monty goes? Where do you think David Montgomery goes next year? Um, it depends on what happens with their coaching staff. It also depends on what happens with the quarterback. Um, they, uh, you know, since Bill Lazor took over the play calling, uh, from Matt Nagy, um, you know, Montgomery's been getting tons and tons of touches and shockingly with those touches, he's being productive with them. Um, I, I think that he's an easy round two pick next year. Um, and I, I hate saying this, but I would not be surprised to see him tuck into the to the back end around one. You oh, might I not love it. your, you yeah, you might not like yourself for doing it, but I would not be surprised to see him potentially go that high. The only way I would ever take him that high would be as if he had the same playoff schedule he did this year. Like that's right. That's the only yeah, that way. helps. Um, but he's in he's in a pretty weak division for defenses, though. Like. You think about playing Detroit twice, Minnesota twice, Green Bay's defense isn't, I mean, they're terrible against the run. So, you know, depending on what they do with Mitch or whatever, um, you know, Monty's what running back five on the year. Yeah. I just, I just hope that they take like, I know it's a seven round draft, but I hope that the bears draft like 15 linemen or like draft and sign. Yeah. 
Uh, yep. He's currently running back six with 214 fantasy points. Again, he's in that second tier running backs uh, that are grouped right around 220. Uh, James Robinson is ahead of him. Uh, Aaron Jones are the two guys in front of him. And then you have would Kamara, you uh, right Henry. now gun to your head? You taking Robinson or Montgomery first? Um, crap. Assuming same coaching staffs are there for both teams, I would probably. Honestly, I'd probably take Montgomery because I'm a Bears fan. I view him kind of the same as far as usage goes. Yeah. I'm a Bears yeah. fan. I'd rather root for Monty than James Robinson. Yeah, the right. The thing is, you know, just looking ahead, do the Jaguars bring in another running back just to spell him? Because Robinson's usage was basically 100% some games. Yeah. Um, and I know you're going to you're going to love this, but Tariq Cohen is coming back. Um, and so they, yeah. they, they will they, they will take Montgomery off the field and put put Tyreek in there or yeah. sorry. Yeah. Tariq, not Tyreek, Tariq Cohen. Thank you. Uh, the steal of round five, Stefan Diggs. Great. Top 10 receiver for sure. Next year could potentially be top five in my rankings. Um, do you think that Diggs is a second round pick or like a third? Um, one, we'll see what happens to the Bills offensive coordinator if he gets a head coaching job. Okay. Because I, I, I do think that that could negatively impact them. Um, I mean, Diggs is so far and away. I, I know Beasley's there, um, and, and he ended up basically wide receiver two this year. Um, but I mean, that the, the leap that Josh Allen took this year um, was so Incredible. substantial um, that I... I think he's probably in the conversation for a top five wide receiver next year going into it. Um, and so I, I think he's, he's going to go in the second round at the latest. Yeah. Uh, what, what that really taught me is you have to value teams. Number ones a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, and don't necessarily discount them as much as you know, you do. Um, to that end, I behind. Diggs, yeah, I say look at all around five and the and the wide receiver ones that were going right. Yeah, those are a bunch of wide receiver ones. You have some wide receiver twos though, or at least Lockett is in there. Um, yep, which is brutal. But I mean, I was still drafting wide receiver ones in rounds five and six with Sutton and Samuel. Now this is, I think, something that we've talked about is draft healthy guys because those two picks cratered my wide receiver core. Uh, I ended up flipping Edwards Hilaire for Tyree Kill uh, to try and get some of that back uh, right before Lev Bell was signed and cratered Edwards Hilaire's value. But yeah, I will not be drafting unhealthy guys back to back like that, especially in like the earlier rounds. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, so sudden you've took around five. Darren Waller went next. Keenan Allen and, and Will Fuller were two of the next three picks. Um, which I've, you know, Tyre, who are your uh, top three wide receivers? Uh, D- Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill, and <sighs> I honestly, I think you could throw Diggs in there. You could throw Ridley in there. Um, Will Fuller is going to miss a game, right? to start the season, but he was great until he got suspended. Um, 
so yeah, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Adams, Tyree Kill, and um, and and Diggs just off the top of my head for now. Okay. Um, if you had to put two more on there, who would your next two be? Uh, Ridley and Metcalf. Okay. So no Keenan Allen, no DeAndre. Yeah. Wow. It's uh, deep. Wide receivers are deep. Um, I, I would love to get two, two of any of those seven, right? If, if you're picking in the back of the, um, back of the first round, if you go wide out, wide out, um, and just wait for all the running backs to get hurt, spend your sauce on that. Um, which is traditionally what I do, uh, when I'm in the back, back half of the first round, I, I, I know we were doing all the mock drafts at the beginning of the year. It's like, you got to get a running back. Uh, and it turns out you didn't really need to get a running back because if you didn't get any of the top three, it didn't really matter. All right. Now what about, I'm trying to see what round he went in. He went round 11. What about Justin Jefferson? He is currently wide receiver seven with 212 fantasy points. Uh, are, are you taking, are you taking him over Adam Thielen next year? Yes. Okay. Higher ceiling to me. Maybe we still got Kirk cousins. Hey, I'm okay with that. Okay. They're going to be down in every game. Lord knows with that defense. Yeah, no, I know. I, it, it I'm really looking forward to, to getting into like, that's quarterback <laughs> 11, Kirk cousins to you, by the way. Okay. Yeah. And, and I hope people have not picked up on this too much at least, but like I've, I've you know, obviously all my teams suck this year. And so it was like, I'm starting to get fired up again for next year. Just talking about some of these guys, um, you know, yeah. even like the, Ty- the Tyler Boyd's of the world and the T Higgins of the world. I would take T Higgins over Tyler Boyd. Yeah. But like, again, that's somebody that's, that's going to be more than, more than playable. Um, like the, where, the where do you think Vega while we're talking about him, where would you, where would you draft T Higgins? I don't think I could pull the trigger on before round five. Before round five, yeah. Let's see, T. Higgins. Like I would, I would take like an AJ Brown over him and Evans. Um, T. Higgins is currently wide receiver twenty six, and that's on the yeah. season. Um, and I, I still think I would take Boyd before I took Higgins too. They're they're right next to each other for me though. Let's see. And and I'd probably take a, D, a healthy Debo Samuel provided, um, you know that 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 offense is back to to somewhat normal. But but you know, Brandon Ayuk is there, Kittle's there. So you know, how far down does does Debo fall? But when Debo played, he was super productive. So so T Higgins didn't get meaningful playing time until week three, and since week three, he is. Wide receiver 16 and half. Yeah, that's really good. Which is incredible. Uh, Behind him since week three is Brandon Ayuk. Where do you think Ayuk goes? Would you rather have him or Debo? So we had 20 20 wide receivers go in the first four rounds. Um, And I think think you're looking at a lot of these guys going right right in that round four, round five range again. Um, just because all the running backs are gone, so you just start loading up on the wideouts, right? So, um, 
yeah, I think I think somewhere right in there. And McLaurin could be up there too. Like the, there's just so many wide receivers to me that that have like Kenny Galladay. People are going to totally forget how good he is. I know he can't really stay healthy, but if he can put it together, like that's another guy. Depending on the on what happens with Stafford, um, man, I'm I'm starting to get starting to get fired up. I, I'm starting to get warm, even though I'm sitting in in 20 degree temperatures. Um, <laughs> like even like even like a Jonathan Taylor, which is going around five, or a or a J.K. Dobbins, which went around seven this year. Like those guys are are again gonna like Taylor. You could. I wouldn't be surprised to see go in the third. Um, oh, he's going to go so much higher than that. He's running back seven. He has 200 fantasy points. As a rookie, that's pretty good. Uh, that's, that's, really that's turned it on good. since week 11 on. Um, yeah. Let's see. I can actually tell you. Week 11 on. Running backs. Sort by. Week 11. Here we go. Taylor is running back six. Week 11 on. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. But like, and hey, I I get all of this, but you know, you're missing the McCaffreys, you're missing the Barclays, you're missing the healthy Zeeks. You're like uh, Austin Eckler never really seemed to come back full bore. Um, you know what happens with with Jones? Joe Mixon is is going to be going in the fourth round probably or end of third round. Um, you know, there's just so many guys. Um. Hot damn! This is firing me up, man. I'm I'm getting getting ready to venture to the off season and start trying to figure out where these guys rank going forward. It'll well, be really fun time. doing that. We'll yeah. be doing honestly. You know, one of the things that we could do is like redraft the first round right now. It's just hard though because there's going to be so many months of off season moves. It's like yeah, yep. Why do it? But it, I just I wish I could redraft knowing everything I know now. Do you do any uh, postseason fantasy? I do not. Um, I, you know, with, with the prevalence of sports gambling at this point, I'll probably play some props um, on a weekly basis um, just to, you know, just to do something um, to, to have a, some rooting interest in the games. Um, but no, I, I generally don't do postseason stuff because I, I don't know. It's just, it's never really piqued me for whatever reason. I get it. I do get it. Um, are there any other guys that you think stood out? I'm excited. Crowder. I mean, I think he's going to go under the radar again. It'll be nice to see what he can do. Um, I guess, depending on if they do draft a replacement quarterback, or if they decide to stick it out with Sam Darnold, you got to think if even if they're picking second, they're going to take somebody. Um, yeah, I'm excited I, I, to see what Mims can do with the quarterback, though. Yep, and and I'm actually excited to see kind of what happens with the Dallas Cowboys if if they're able to bring, you know, get a healthy Dak back. You know, Gallup really came on at the end of the year. Ceedee Lamb is clearly super talented. Um. Amari Cooper is still super consistent. Um, you know, a sexy name, you know, uh, a consistent fantasy player, which is good. You know, he's got a, he's got a relatively high floor uh, as long as he can stay healthy. And he, he did this year. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to see what that, what that Cowboys offense looks like um, in just a really crappy division. 
um, going, going forward. So I, I'm excited for that. Um, because just that offense is so dynamic. CD lamb ended up going around seven. I don't even can, what's what wide receiver is he, uh, this year? Um, I was looking through the, honestly, I was looking through the first five weeks. Uh, they were actually through five weeks. Uh, Amari was wide receiver 33 and CD lamb was wide receiver 36. Really? Through the first five weeks. Who the Um, hell was Dak throwing to? (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. He was spreading it around so much. Yeah. But Lamb is currently wide receiver 16 on the season with 178 fantasy points. Yeah, that's sneaky, right? Like, I'm a little surprised he's that high. Um, But again, you're going to have three three viable... um, Three viable wide receivers there. Um, Amari Cooper is currently wide receiver 15 with five more fantasy points. Who are you taking over who? Um, man, I, I think I'm going to take CeeDee Lamb over the two. CeeDee Lamb seems like he operates in the slot and just takes over the middle of the field, right? I mean, they, they both do. They're, they're both really good. Uh, Gallup is up to wide receiver 36. So they're all flex or better. They're yeah. all top 36 guys. And, which, and a lot of that work was done with, with freaking Blandy Dalton. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, it was. Um, I just want to make sure I actually have this right. Uh, oh, I, I, I'm totally wrong here. The first five weeks, CD Lamb was wide receiver 12 and Amari was wide receiver 13. Does oh, okay. Sound, there does you that go. Sound better. Say, that like that, that sounds, sounds better. much better. I was going to say, holy, holy crap! They went from the 30s up to the mid-teens with no. with freaking Andy. No, that was wrong. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to correct my weeks here from what else I was taking a gander at. But yeah, uh, weeks the first five weeks of the season, they were both fringe wide receiver ones, which is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, man. It's going to be interesting to see where Lamb. Do you think that they go second, third round? Probably end of third, they'll both be gone. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, or you know, early fourth might make sense because you're you're kind of counting on one to cancel out the other. Um, so, somewhat similar to to Ridley and and Julio, um, which you were all over this this year of saying, hey, you should wait and take Ridley because they have similar production. Turns out Ridley had more production. Um, you know, I, I would not be surprised to see kind of the younger guy take over. Um, even though Amari's got that massive ass contract. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, I'm Jack now. I just want to start like, I am too. I'm glad we did this because it like, you know, it, it may, makes me happy. Like we haven't even mentioned like Ronald Jones or Zach Moss seems to be the running back to own. If you're going to have to own one in Buffalo and you're probably not going to take anybody there until really late. Uh, you know, where do you end up pulling the trigger on Cam Akers? Um, DeAndre Swift um, was a seventh round pick and he he was really great and came on at the end of the year. Peterson won't be there next year. He'll travel on to his, you know, his next next team. Uh, can't wait to see where Frank Gore ends up to see him have another 500 yard season somewhere else. Um, kidding about that. Um, but yeah, I can't like I'm, I'm genuinely excited Six, now. Seven, eight. Nine. Austin Eckler went as running back ten. Where do you, where would you think he goes next year? Probably in a similar spot, right? I think he's for sure a top ten guy. Um 
Let's see. When did he come back? From injury? Week 11? So... Maybe week 12? Eckler on the season is running back 31. Came back week 12. Week 12 on, he is currently running back eight. See, it's so incredible just to start looking at the different weeks when different guys come back. Yeah. Um, I love fantasy. Yeah. (sighs) Anything else? Any closing arguments? We had Aaron Rodgers go in the, I think the 12th round, which is just entirely too late. What do you think? He's a top six round guy. Top seven anyway. All I know is he's going to get dominated this week by the freaking Chicago bears. It's bears weather, baby. That's why I'm outside. It's cold. Rogers can't like think about this. I can't feel my right hand, which has been holding a mic for an hour. You think he's (laughs) going to be able to hold a football and throw a football in this weather? Of course he's not. I don't care if he just did it, but you want to know who is going to be able to do it? Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Money line is at what? Uh, Packers minus 227. Packers are going to win by like 20. Spread is minus five. Over under is 52. What do you got? I like the under actually. Yeah. Um, That seems like a lot of points, but both defenses uh well the bears defense has been really good and i know they got ripped apart by rogers but um i i just think that hopefully they'll be a little bit better all right well on that note alex i can't believe that you podcasted outside um i'm hoping to god that alan robinson finishes the game with fewer than 90 yards receiving otherwise i gotta eat that tweet and uh not not looking forward to that so Hey, uh, one, one, hold on one. And I'm, I can't believe I'm, um, requesting that this continue on a little bit longer. Uh, did you want to, can you, uh, fill me on what happened with the finale of the bachelorette? Oh, have we not? Okay. No. Uh, Yeah. You, uh, the, the season finale was on the last time. I don't, do you want to play the newsy drop newsy stuff drop? I know you love it so much. Newsy stuff. Only because you asked, um, (laughs) now, I called it. I think it was telegraphed. I think it was very obvious, but she um she picked Zach. Zach C was the clear favorite. Uh what a lucky very, guy. Very uninspiring pick, honestly. Massive underbite, which I don't think anybody wants in a husband. Um, Wait, hold on. He has an underbite? Yeah, or like a speech thing. I can't tell what it is. I would be annoyed if I was married to it, though, is what I know. Um just not not my cup of tea. I feel like having an underbite as a guy is, you know, it would like limit you a little he, bit. Like, he, you know, he just made it like, on national TV and is married to Tasha Adams. So or engaged anyway. Um yeah, incredible. So what happened was was they actually she was really, I think, in love with this guy named Brendan, but basically the producer the producers at ABC sewered him. So all the final like three guys got their own dates and the other two dudes got to spend theirs like rolling around naked and paint with Tasha, and, you know, doing super sexual things and then spending the overnight with her and uh, 
Being Wait, all, two guys? Each on their own individual dates. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and so then, but then this this last guy, Brennan, goes, dude got screwed over. He was in like the final three, final four, and his date was literally spent looking at wedding rings and engagement rings. Like, the guy's divorced within like the last 18 months, and they already got him looking at in the engagement rings for the whole date. And so he just psyched himself out and removed him. And I think Tasha was like pissed that he did that because I think she probably would have picked him and then just been in like a relationship or engaged for like however long uh, I think she would have picked him. But yeah, Ben came back like a puppy dog between his legs and said, I love you. And then he was voted off like the next show, but or she was sent home like the next show. It was, it was awesome. Like, she picked Zaxi. It was the one guy that was left after Brendan removed himself that she had a meaningful connection with. She sent home Ivan, um, who they had a really good connection, but she sent him home because he's like an atheist, evidently. I really wonder if people listen to this part of the pod. Sorry, keep going. Dude, honestly, it's incredible. If you look at our YouTube video, literally, if there's newsy stuff in the thing, people will rewind and specifically watch. Like, there's a spike. <laughs> At the newsy stuff to listen to two middle-aged dudes sit and talk about the bachelor. I kid you not. No, don't say two middle-aged dudes. Just say one middle-aged dude. Yeah. I don't talk. I just like feed you. I feed, I feed, I feed. I'm, I'm like a piece of paper. Once Alan Robinson uh, gets over 90 yards, you're just going to eat it. Well, you gotta, you gotta start watching with me so we can talk about it. It's not just one so, man yelling at the other. So, so question for you, do uh-huh. you prefer watching the bachelor or watching the bachelorette? I prefer watching the bachelor because I'd rather look at 25 women than 25 dudes. I'm just curious. I was hoping that was going to be the answer, it's but I'm, I was just curious. The, the maturity level and the cattiness is probably equal okay. between the the macho dudes that like to puff their chests out or like the 25 year old guys that they bring on the show that just grow mustaches and are obscene the whole time um and then like you know the douchey harvard grad and bennett but like the girls are just as bad like they just bring catty girls that all like already knew each other off the show because half the time they're like former miss usa contestants that all knew each other and banged the same dudes like it's just, it's just like <laughs> as gross television as you can possibly think of. And half the time they like are already sexting with whoever the bachelor or bachelorette is before the show even starts. Like, it's like, wow. it's real high quality, wow, high quality so, TV. So the, cause generally I feel like the seasons just roll into each other, right? Where. Yeah. Like the bachelor gets done and then they basically just start up the bachelorette right afterwards. Is that happening with COVID stuff? Were they even filming? Oh yeah. Well, this whole last season of the bachelorette was during COVID. It was filmed. So they, so, what they, they have okay. all, everybody basically quarantined for two weeks before the show starts, test them all. And then they locked them all up in some, uh, fucking resort down in Mexico. So they're all sitting in a resort from Mexico for like eight to 12 weeks. Like people had their own family members get sick with COVID during the show. They had like, don't any of these people have jobs? 
Oh yeah, the people are like lawyers and doctors and shit. They just I don't know. Yeah, but how are they taking like three months off of work? Well, I I I don't know. They save it up. You go on FMLA. I I, I have no idea how that works. FMLA. Medical yeah, leave to be on the bachelor. Maybe they have a medical issue that they need to find love. It's a love deficiency. I have, oh, I, I don't know how people try to justify like, right. You'd have to beg for your job back. I, I don't, a lot of the times it's like real estate people or like lawyers that have their own law firm or the, the girls. So the guys are always like 10 years older is the thing. Like the guys are always in their mid thirties. The the women are usually in their mid to upper twenties. Right. And they're all Instagram models. Exactly. They're all like beauty. Trying to start their own brand. Instagram influencers showing off their butt cheeks to try and get a Fabletics sponsorship after the show and get on dance. Should with I start the stars. doing that? Uh, you know, I think on, on TikTok there's these <laughs> these yoga pants going around. That okay. uh, evidently don't are have, great. Don't have a TikTok, but the FS Sackos are on TikTok. If you'd like to find us on there, and they they are great for butt cheeks. So if you would like, I think that we can find it as a business expense to send you a pair of yogas if you'd be willing to wear them on the show. <laughs> I mean, I just sat outside for an hour recording a phone recording a podcast. I'm pretty sure I'll pretty pretty much do anything at this point. I, I, I literally cut my own hair earlier this year so I could like, I'm pretty much up for anything as long as I don't <laughs> like no tattoos. I've been never really been a tattoo guy. You want to get a Sacco tattoo with me? Uh, well, so like, so let's say I put a fancy football Sacco's Twitter as like a tramp stamp. If my shirt were to be in the, like the wrong place, it would just say ball sack. And I don't think that would be a good look. <laughs> <laughs> it just wouldn't be good so like you can't you can't get that tattooed on yourself uh, on that note thank you guys for listening we are the fantasy football sackos we're we here are, year round baby we are Rain, here year snow, round we are ice. Uh, once a week now that we're in the off season we're gonna have some creative awesome stuff for you uh, during the postseason, we're going to be talking about all sorts of goodies, goodness. Um, follow us everywhere. We're only like 998,000 followers away from a million on Twitter. So that's a cool thing. <laughs> Closer than we were last week. <laughs> <laughs> At the FF Sackos everywhere. Uh, have a good night. I need to go inside and sit in front of a heater. Bear weather. It's bear weather, baby. Suck it, Rogers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FF Sackos.